0: Chicago's Home for Sports is on Twitch. Follow ESPN
1: 1000 Chicago today.
2: You're listening to Waddle & Silt on ESPN 1000. Chicago's Home for Sports. All right, it's been a busy day today. It doesn't look like the Bears are getting Le'Veon Bell. They may not have even been interested. We've been taking calls on that. It's down to three for him. None of the three include the Bears. Who is it? The Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins? Is uh, that the three? It's what I last saw. Yeah. Uh, that's being reported by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, we've talked a lot of Bears today, and we'll continue to do so. We've talked Tony LaRussa as we try to continue to get to the bottom of how badly Jerry Reinsdorf wants him as manager. And this is a real deal. Now we'll... Will Rick Hahn get to hire who he deems the Mm. best general manager, or will he have to give in to what his owner wants? That's going to be an interesting thing, and we'll continue to talk about that. We do. We all have bosses. Uh, Louis Riddick has been a big friend of the show for years now. Whether we see him in person in Bristol, or he picks up the phone for us, he's now the Monday Night Football Analyst. He's an insider when it comes to the front office. He's worked with Matt Nagy before in Philadelphia. And he's a big, big fan of his. And we talked to him earlier. So we recorded this interview. And it is really good, candid stuff. Before we got into the Bears, though, after five weeks of getting his dream job, we asked him how the gig on Monday Night Football has gone.
1: Yeah, it's been great, man. It, It really has. I mean... Just getting right to it. I mean, you guys know how I feel about the game itself. There's just the game of football itself. When you're there and you're watching it live and you're documenting it and analyzing it and breaking it down. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's just right in my comfort zone. And that's. I mean, it it sounds that sounds a lot easier and simpler than it actually is when you're doing a live game like that and you know it's Monday Night Football. But that's really what it comes down to. And Brian and Steven have been great to work with. Bill Dean, Jimmy Platt, our producer and director, have been great to work with. I mean, the, really the toughest part is just making sure you get the right you know, travel schedule set up so you can get into the city on time, get tested for COVID, quarantine, get your test results back, try and get the practice. I mean, that, that's, more, that's more stressful than the game, of, game itself.
0: Uh, the chemistry has has been there from day 1 and it is a great watch but in general terms lewis from a football mm-hmm. guy's perspective how different has it been all things considered there's no fans teams are doing things yeah. differently
1: yeah you know what <clears throat> to be honest with you when the game kicks off it doesn't feel different it just doesn't because you know in our, in our in our head said you know we hear the curated audio so it sounds to us the same way it sounds to the viewer so we still get that you know you still get that feeling like there's fans there although if you look around in the stands there's nobody there but you still you feel like it's happening and quite honestly your vision doesn't even really leave the field that's all you're staring at so it's been I mean that part of it has been as normal as they they could possibly make it now, obviously, there are a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of procedures you have to go through even before you get to the game uh, as far as testing is concerned. Uh, all of our production meetings are via Zoom with the coaches and players, so you have no contact with them. You're not allowed down on the field before the game, so there's not that part of it where when you talk about walking on the grass, that's the part that you probably miss the most, is the one-on-one interaction with the coaches and players and then being on the field pre-game looking up in the stands, seeing all the excitement, you know, seeing the looks on people's faces as they know a big game's about to happen on Monday night. Of course, you you miss all that. You you do. Because now it's just like, leave the stadium, get in the car, go to the, I mean, leave the hotel, get in the car, go to the stadium, check in, go up to the TV booth, booth, and you're there. You have no interaction. But when the game kicks off itself, I mean, it's, it's business as usual from a broadcasting standpoint. You've heard the players themselves talk about how tough it can be without any fans. So tip your cap to them yeah. because those guys are still being ultimate professionals and providing their own energy and their own enthusiasm. And, it, and it's tough for them. And, Tommy, you know how that would be to try and play in a, in a stadium at night. No one there. I it would be like a practice yeah. for you. Yeah, I can't be, imagine. It, it would be like a scrimmage in, in your game uniform. Yeah. So Lewis- – Hats off to them, but it's all been good.
2: Yeah, awesome. Lewis Riddick joining us, uh, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. Lewis, not only one of the analysts on Monday Night Football, of course, a front office insider, and he's joined us for years. All right, so when you look at the Bears right now, Lewis, at four and one, do you see a contender, and if not, how do they get there?
1: Yeah, I, I see a contending defense. There's, there's no question about that. When you're top two and third down in red zone defense. And you're holding the team right at 20 points a game or less. You're gonna win a lot of games, provided you don't turn it over and put your, you know, and put the entire team in jeopardy as far as just making it too easy for people. what mm-hmm. hold Chicago back is probably the same thing we've talked about for the past three years, hmm. and that's the inability to score points on a regular basis. Move the ball on third down. Be more efficient in the red area. Be more explosive. And they're still trying to figure that out. They're still trying to get to that point. And I'm sure it's, it gets frustrating for the fans. It gets frustrating for you guys to talk about. It gets frustrating for the people. I'm sure there's some of the guys in the locker room. But that's, that's really the, that's the riddle that Matt, Maggie, and Ryan have to figure out. It's How do we become more explosive? What else do we need to do? And until they get that figured out, you know they they're, they're going to win their fair share of games just because like i said they can still play good special teams in defense and and they'll do enough on offense as long as they don't turn it over to keep themselves in games then you know it's just a crap shootout that at you know at the last minute as far as kicking a field goal or something like that to just to steal the game but they have to find a way to become more explosive man if you really want to deal with the teams that are truly going to be there in the end and I'm not saying you have to have Pat Mahomes, or Patrick Mahomes, or you have to have. Yeah, you, you caught me. See how I caught myself there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like you have to have him. You don't have to have Tyreek Hill. You don't always have. You don't have to have DK Metcalf. Or you know, you don't have to have those guys at every position. But you have to have some component of that, man, and they they got to get that figured out. they got to improve that. Well,
0: that's where I was going to go. I mean, we look at this offensive ineptitude, and we've called it collective ineptitude. It's been some of the coaching decisions. It's been some of the players, the lack of execution. But when you focus on the offensive personnel, Lewis, do they have Mm -hmm. enough quality pieces to be good enough? to be a team that, let's just say average. I set the bar at average, which is about 350 yards and 23 points per game. Do they have the yeah. offensive personnel to get to that point?
1: I think they do if, if the quarterback play has to be, Nick has to be the Nick that you saw in Atlanta when he came in the game. All right? When... Well, they had two touchdowns taken away from them, basically in that game. Two touchdown passes. You know, Allen has the one that they um, that they had called back in the end zone, or rather the you know, defensive back took it from him. And then I believe it was Anthony Drop who had on. one who had a seam route down the middle of the field. Yeah. I think it was him.
0: Yes, it was. And
1: who I mean, that was a, that was a beautiful throw too. As long as he can play like that, they'll be able to score twenty one points. They just can be able to score three touchdowns. Now I know that that was against a terrible secondary, but Nick has proven he can do that. It's just, it's like what we've talked about when we've had these discussions about what's the difference between starters and backups. You know, backups can flash it, starters do it pretty much consistently all the time. That's why either you're on the field all the time or you're only on the field some, some of the time. Nick has to be able to get that performance out of himself more times than not. They still do need, and I like Darnell Mooney, okay? And I like Anthony Miller. Allen needs somebody else still. They still need that. You would like to have that one other true alpha wideout. You need another running back. You have to have somebody else there. And I like David Montgomery. That's why I'm shocked. And I saw you guys were on on social media because you saw what I had said. I'm shocked that they're not in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. And it's not even really a sweepstakes. I mean, you know, he's getting his money from the Jets. You just pay him better than minimum. He's just looking for a good situation. I'm shocked that, they, that their name isn't coming up more there. And maybe Le'Veon looks at this situation and goes, I
0: don't well, want to be there.
1: Maybe, Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's what he looks at it and says that. Maybe he goes, it isn't David Montgomery's issue. It's offensive line's issue. I don't see any creases there for me. I don't see a passing game that's going to make teams back off and have to play too high safety so they're not loading the box. I don't see that, so that doesn't work out well for me. I'd rather go to a team like Kansas City where I know I'm going to run against light boxes and have more creases and more room to work. And see, that comes back to like what I said, though. They need more explosion, more, a more explosive component on the perimeter, and they just haven't, they haven't really addressed it. And they're going to have to, in order to get to where they want to get to, they better get that done yeah. this offseason.
2: Uh, Lewis, I you know, I asked you this a year ago or maybe even two years ago. We like Matt a lot. But mm-hmm. we I I believe and I don't want to speak for Waddle that at times he gets too cute. And an example mm-hmm. of that is when Nick wanted to go, Nick Foles, and, and Matt wanted to design the play and call a timeout instead of mm-hmm. playing up tempo. I know mm-hmm. you're tight with Matt
1: Nagy. Do you yeah, think yep, that yep. sometimes he gets too cute? Sure. Sure. And and I would tell him that, just like I would tell Doug Peterson, that who's a good friend of mine, or any other play caller. Sometimes play callers want to use everything that's on their sheet because it's big, it's colorful, and they put a lot of time into it, so they want to call everything on it. And instead of, and, they, and they'll admit this too, instead of staying just true to what your team can do best, instead of what you think is your best call based on how much time you put in in the film room and, and all the work that you've done. And you, want, and you want to see that pay off for yourself. Just stay true to who your team is. And, yeah, that happens to all of them. And I'm sure I – mean, and there's times where you can see that you go, is that really the best play call for this situation? Is that really about what their players can do best or is that about how smart he thinks he is? And, and I'm not saying just Matt. I'm saying any coach. So, yeah, that happens. The best ones over time – know when they can't do that and still just make it about the players. Just call the best play for this situation based off of what my guys showed me all week long that they can do best or what they're telling me in this moment. Hey, coach, call this. We know we can hit on this. We don't know if we can hit on all this other cute stuff that maybe you got, but we know we can do this. It's a give and take. And it's something that... um, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that's going to, I think, going to ultimately determine whether or not this good start that they've had is something they can sustain. They have to stay true to who they are because they don't have all the bells and whistles that some of the other teams have offensively that can allow you to be cute as a play caller. They've got to almost be vanilla and be basic and say, hey, look, these are the routes that Nick throws the best. These are the routes that Allen likes the best. This is how we can pop Anthony Miller down the seam now and then. This is how we can get Darnell Mooney, you know, involved. This is how we can maybe get David to pop a run here and there on a draw or an outside zone or a screen or something like that. You should. I, I would think that as time goes on this season, that big giant play call sheet probably i I would i would be looking to condense the thing and have it be much simpler because i think that's what what you need right now
0: it's interesting lewis because we've had this play calling conversation a lot and it started at the end of last year when the bears ranked 29th or worst and most meaningful offensive statistics and i was adamant Mm -hmm. against matt giving up play calling duty because like matt has come here and set a great culture but he was brought here to revolutionize this offense so Mm-hmm. I, want, I wanted him to in 2020 to reestablish himself or to prove that he has the capabilities of being an excellent play caller. Do sure. we do we get to the point where I think and Sylvia has mentioned this quite a bit, where maybe you take that big Denny's menu filled with all those delicious plays away from him and ask Flip or Laser to call plays because it just isn't working. Uh,
1: you know, without and see I I. I I'm cautious or rather I'm, I'm not eager to tread too deeply into it only because I know how nuanced that kind of decision can be. Sure. And unless you're there and you understand exactly how it's happening, it's dangerous to kind of speculate. All right. But I will say this. I think Matt has to be as objective as he possibly can about trying to figure out what the problem is. And if that means, is it me Am I getting – am I not finding a nice rhythm here in what I'm calling plays? Am I somehow – do I need to take a step back? Do I need to actually oversee the game, oversee all three phases, make the critical decisions, let somebody else deal with the play calling on a play-to-play basis either for the rest of the season or for a couple games and let me kind of like take a 30,000-foot view of it? He needs to. He needs to maybe think about that. Maybe he does. I don't know. I, I mean that's something that I haven't talked to him about. Who knows? Maybe you know, one time when we just kinda of BS about football, I'll ask him that. Yeah. But I do know this. I do know this from watching it, and I don't need to be there to see it. They don't have enough firepower. That's a fact. They need more firepower. David Montgomery needs another they need another guy at running back. They need another legit speed component, big time playmaker along with
2: Allen. So that's really good stuff. They need more firepower. That's Lewis Riddick. We continue our conversation coming up. Waddle asks him about the talent in the play calling. I ask him whether or not the Bears should go out and trade for a quarterback. What about Darnold? Would you take a chance on Haskins if you get him for very, very low cost? Lewis Riddick, the voice of Monday Night Football, continues with us next. It can be sad when you miss your favorite interview. Don't despair. Podcasts are ready on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. It's Waddle and Sylvie.
0: ESPN 1000.
2: All right, let's continue our conversation with Lewis Riddick, Monday Night Football analyst. Remember, the Bears are on Monday Night Football after the Carolina game against the Rams in L.A. So Lewis will get a first-hand look at them. Someone on our Twitch channel, great place to be, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago, wanted to know, can you bring in Lewis Riddick for an interview for the Bears GM job? People love Lewis; He's really good. And this is part two of our interview. Waddle, take it away.
0: It's interesting, Lou, because I I thought when when Mitch was still under center, I thought Matt in the first two games really did a nice job adapting his offense to a player that was limited in certain ways and tried to get the most out of Mitch. It feels like now that he's got the quarterback that he quote unquote trusts, that yep. he just wants to let it all hang out. And I think yep. the three of us would probably acknowledge that the the talent isn't all there to do that. He's gonna right. have to do some adjusting to Nick as well. Right.
1: Right. That that's what I'm saying. That that's where I said I think that big play call sheet yeah. has to be probably, you know, just looking at it from the outside in, my thought process would be I'm gonna start shrinking this down. And I'm just going to limit it. Not, I mean, you can't have like two pass plays and one run. Play, but I'm just saying you need to limit it to like what are the very best things. And I don't even care if people get a beat on it. What are the things that people, our people can execute the best? Because we're just not good enough to have all of this volume. And you know and It isn't really, it isn't always, Tommy, as you know this, it isn't always about what am I good enough to execute physically. Maybe it's too much for people to handle mentally. Yeah. Maybe that's just too much. You can't have 100, run, you know, 100 pass concepts in a game like you know some coordinators do. Look mm-hmm. There's no freaking way. Yeah. First of all, you can't even practice all that. And so what you're, what you're banking on is for these guys to recall something that maybe you ran once back in August in training camp you're asking them so if you if your guys aren't mentally able to recall that and then put it into action on the football field no matter how hard you're trying as a play caller and how much you think this should work because i scheme this up right it's the perfect call against this defense if your guys aren't capable mentally or physically it's going to make you look bad and it's going to make them look bad and it's ultimately going to cost you games and like that—that's the dance that coaches have to face all the time, especially when their margin for error is very narrow, like it is with this football team on offense. Yeah. And such like a, I just like we said earlier, yeah. with it's the Chiefs, it's point. not like that. Yeah. It's not like that with the Chiefs, right? They can and Andy could pretty much say, okay. I'm just going to draw this literally on the sideline in the dirt with my pencil. <laughs> Patch, drop back here. Tyreek, run as fast as you can down here. Nicole Harmon, run as fast as you can behind him and then break it off at 15 yards. And Pat's is going to throw it to him. Ready? Break. Go. And you know what? Six out of six out of 10 times, they'll execute it perfectly just because they're special like that. They don't have special players on offense here. They're not like that.
2: Lewis, I wanted to ask you about the quarterback position here really quick. Mm-hmm. Now that the Bears are done with Mitch and that, you know, unless he comes back and sets a world on fire, they didn't pick up his option, so he's out the door. Is there someone on the market now, whether it's Haskins or whether it's Darnold, that you mm-hmm. think can be saved that Ryan Pace should be looking at to go get? Um, I don't know.
1: I mean... Someone that, that you could, that could help this team this year, though, if you're looking down the line, sure, there's always, you're always going to be looking for things in the future that could really help you know, your team long-term. Sure. I mean, those are things that they had to explore. They're, they're going to have to make a decision about, okay, how are we going to address this position in 2021? Uh, are we going to are we going to try and acquire a guy in the draft? Are we going to look for a young veteran free agent or a young veteran trade acquisition? Yeah, those are I'm sure, you know they're having those conversations. Of course they are. But is there someone that can help them in the short term that can help them increase their output on offense and match the defense to some degree so where they actually can become a contender? I I just don't I don't see them being able to do that right now. What they have is what they have and. Look, I'm a believer in Nick Foles based on his relationship with Matt and Ivy, and Matt and him are going to have to find a way to find that sweet spot that allows them again to look like they looked in the second half against Atlanta. Because it's possible, it's doable, but it's going to take some real like meeting of the minds and for them to really go, okay, look, how do we get this on track, man? So you're playing fast, you're playing comfortable, we're accentuating our strengths, minimizing our weaknesses, and we're helping the defense out. How sad. That's where, the, that's where it's going to come from with this team. How, it's not going to come from the outside.
0: How sad is it, Lewis, that I'm, my hope is, is that it's Nick Foles that sits down with Matt and, and with Lazer and Flip and says, guys, let me give you a, a, a newer, fresher opinion here. We need to take all these plays and eliminate them and look at all these plays because this is what we can accomplish. As an offense, based on who we are, my hope is I, is that Nick Foles can be that guy yeah. that will will kind of spur that change.
1: Yeah, and you're right, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's. I, I would say that that's a good possibility that that does happen, and I would also say, knowing Matt like I do, knowing that he knows he has a championship caliber defense knowing that he knows that what's on the line this year what the expectation is what kind of scrutiny and what kind of evaluation process he is right now, you know, being subject to, I think he will be open-minded and objective enough and professional enough to say, Hey, look, this, this isn't about anything other than trying to get this offense to score points and get these players to play, better than they already are this isn't about me it isn't about me showing how smart i am it isn't about me being stubborn and just trying to do it my way i think he he is, has enough awareness to go hey look whether this comes from nick that conversation or it comes from within himself or bill laser says it to him or or the philippos so, so, i think they all understand what's at stake here if they didn't or if they don't and they don't make the necessary adjustments, then we all know what the NFL stands for. Yes. You won't be around much longer. And it'll definitely be not for long that they will then start looking to do other things. So Matt gets it. I still have faith in him. I really do. I understand the pressure he's under. I know he's getting it from all angles right now because people are tired of the offense not matching the defensive output. And, look, if I was there making decisions, if I was a team president or a GM, friends or not, I'd be sitting – I would be like, Matt, man, hey – How do we get this rolling? Because we can't we can't waste this deep. We can't waste this opportunity. So I'm I'm sure those hard conversations are being had, and I'm sure all kinds of people who have Matt's ear and Matt himself are going, "Hey, look, they're they're all putting their heads together. Going, we got to figure this out, man. We got to figure this out."
2: Uh, Before we let you go, you let's make a date like in a month because you get two Bears games coming up in a little over a week. You get one on the twenty sixth, and then you get the sixteenth against the Vikings. So, like progress, we we will know where they are, and you will see them (laughs) firsthand. And we should talk in a month.
1: Hey, well, hey, just turn, just tune into those games because I promise you. You know, and you can hold my own feet to the fire because you'll be like, that's not what he said on the radio. Tell the truth, Lewis. Tell the truth to the people what you were saying. And I will. I will. And I'll and tell you what, when I get to talk to Matt in terms of like at the production meetings about this, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to call him beforehand. And be like, hey, look, man, you know, I can't go easy on you, bro. <laughs> you got to pick it up. And and he's good. He's good with that. He he is a great human being. Yes. And I hope they are able to get it squared away and get that offense hump.
0: Well, we have an, We have another saying here, just on our show: "Less cute, more nasty." With regard to Matt, so I like it. We've tried. I like to, that. We've tried to suggest: Hey, don't outthink him. Just outplay him. So there you see?
1: go. I like that. Yeah. Less cute, more nasty. Yeah. I'm gonna put that on Twitter. Today. You wouldn't think All that, right, that you, wouldn't,
0: you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> think that a receiver would come up with that, right?
1: Actually, but you know what? But you're but you're a Chicago Bear through and through, man. That's how you were. Yeah, you I, weren't you weren't about the flash. You were about just trying to get out there and get dirty at that old, at old Soldier Field. Yeah, it, well, I, I, I remember those days, man. Yeah. I remember them. I, I loved was, them too.
0: I wasn't cute, nor was I nasty. I just survived. <laughs> <Still
1: aren't, yeah. laughs> That's okay. Uh, you survived to a real nice career, man. It was fun. Those Lewis,
2: days. great to talk to you. Love all your success. You deserve every bit of it. And Amen. we always appreciate your candor. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Lewis. Appreciate you. And you stay healthy, Phil. You, you got healthy. it. Thank you. Thank all you. Right.
2: Louis Riddick. Okay. There you go. That was our interview with Lewis Riddick.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I mean, it, it's good every now and again to get the the perspective of someone that's outside of the city and is not in the bubble, so to speak but also does have connections to the team. Right. Someone who's a friend of his, someone who's a supporter of his, but still isn't
2: scared to say, look, if I was the team president, I'd still sit down with them and say, look, we got to get this offense going. So your reaction, we've had some great Bears calls today. 312-332-3776. What'd you like about the discussion with Lewis Riddick? It's not an interview. We just talk football, and it's really good to do it with Lewis Riddick from Monday Night Football. Speaking of him talking about why Waddle's career. There was one of the highlights from Waddle's career that was bouncing around Twitter today that we've got to bring back. And today is also a big anniversary day for Chicago sports, something that happened not too long ago. We'll get to all of that coming up next.